Years ago, I was living in New York, and one of the stories that I remember most in New York was something that happened in the subway. Now, if you've lived in New York longer than a month or even been there longer than a week, you probably have a subway story. This subway story evolves around a gentleman asking me for some cash. Guy comes up, he says, hey, do you got any money? And I said, no. He said, hey man, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. Now, when he asked for money, I assumed that he meant cash. So I said, no, you know, I don't have any, all, all I have is my credit cards. And I'll never forget the kind of smirk that came over his face as he, as he said, he didn't say anything. And, and I said, well, unless you take credit card. And I almost said it kind of sarcastically because I was like, how is he taking credit card? And this is back in 2014, 2015. So he then pulls out, I think it was a Samsung and he has a Square card reader. Now Square is a payment processor and he takes the square reader and puts it in the cell phone, uh, the headphone jack. And he says, yeah, I can take credit cards. I ended up giving him five bucks and we talked a little bit about it. But one of the things that I'll never forget was just how I clearly wasn't the first person to give him money using a credit card, nor would I be the last. And the reason why he was so set up that day to take a credit card was probably after days, weeks, or months of people saying, hey, I'd love to give you some cash, but all I have is a credit card. So he decided to meet people where they were. And where they were was uh, essentially a cashless society. Even back in 2014, 2015, you really didn't need cash in New York. You still kind of don't today. I know that there are some bodegas in Brooklyn that probably want cash, but on the whole, you couldn't survive in New York without cash. And so th that story will always stick with me. And for me, it's like we've gone from cash to digital cash. And the next step in the journey, as far as exchanging value among strangers, is crypto, or is putting it on the blockchain. So in this episode, let's talk about crypto mass adoption. I'm Jarrett Carpenter, and this is More Than Blockchain. Recently, I was at a supermarket, and on my way in, I ran into some veterans who were asking for money. And I work in the nonprofit fundraising space. So I stopped to talk with them and this is what happened. I'm gonna actually share with you a tweet that I put out about the event and I will link that below if you wanna check that out on Twitter. The tweet says, just saw some veterans outside a supermarket asking for donations. I approached and asked if they wanted something from the store as I didn't have any cash on me. They declined the sodas and chips. On my way out, I asked if they'd be into setting up a Venmo account to receive funds as many people have the app on their phones and that I would have gladly given them $5. After about five minutes of inquiries, they said that Venmo is too much tech for them. I reiterated that I could set up a business account for them in about 10 minutes and then print out a laminated QR code at the Staples next door, but they still declined. The tech was too much, as they said repeatedly. It left me feeling that no matter how simple something may be, if it is perceived to be complicated, people won't even try, even if it means more money. Coming back to Web3 and crypto, we have a long way to go to onboard the masses, as even today things are clunky, UX, UI is weird, and just generally, like these veterans, people won't go out of their way for more money if they think something is complex, even if it actually isn't. So there I was, talking to these veterans. And as I say in the tweet, I was there for like five, maybe a little bit longer. I wasn't trying to overstay my welcome, nor kind of like 
blocked them from receiving other donations. But my message to them was that I would set up Venmo using their 501c3 status, set up a business account, go next door to Staples, print out some QR codes that would take people to their Venmo, and then they could receive money. And that I would also give them five bucks today via Venmo. We talked about this for a while, and they basically just said no. The tech was too much. Setting it up would be too much, even though I was literally willing to do everything. And I told them I could meet with them another day if they didn't want to do it today. I would donate my time as kind of an in-kind donation. They declined. They didn't want to do it. And bringing this back to the intro anecdote that I have from New York City, where the guy was asking for cash, or what I thought cash, he was just asking for value or money. It made me realize a couple things about mass adoption. One, that people are only going to actually adopt a technology, especially when it comes to, I guess I'm going to call it a fintech or financial technology, or a technology that's going to allow them to exchange value easier or with more efficiency, I should say. They're only going to do that when there's a perceived need. And these veterans simply just didn't have that need. They didn't see Venmo as something they need. It was probably more of like a luxury or a nice to have. And so they didn't perceive it to be something that was worth their, worth their while, worth their time. However, the man who was asking for money on the subway, he was like, yo, this is a need, right? I'm seeing this now as a need. It's gone from some, something that would be a nice to have to, I need this. This is going to allow me to exchange more value more efficiently. The second thing is opportunity cost. The guy in the subway, clearly, it wasn't the first time someone said, hey, I only have credit cards. Otherwise, I'd give you some money. It wasn't like he woke up one day and was like, oh, this guy's going to come down in the subway being me. And he's going to say he doesn't have any cash, but he only has credit cards. So I need to be ready for that. I think that's going to happen today. I'm like, in my crystal ball, that's going to happen today. No. There were probably days, weeks, or months of people saying, hey, I don't have any cash, but if I did, I'd give it to you. I only have credit cards. Similarly. It seems to me, the story in my head, and something that seems quasi-logical, is that people weren't going by the veterans and saying, hey, if you had Venmo, I'd give you $5. Because if that happened day after day after day after day after day, then when I come along, it would have seemed like serendipity. Oh, this guy's going to help us get over this hurdle, which we perceive to be too complex. This is great. And they would have also told me when I spoke to them, hey, people are always saying, that they would give us money with Venmo. Can you explain that to us? It's so great that you want to donate that to us. But there was no perceived opportunity cost. There was no, oh, well, we would have made $30 yesterday or $40 the day before had we just had Venmo up and running. That's number two. Number three, which is indelibly tied to number one and number two, number one being need, number two being the opportunity cost. Number three is that other people are using it. It's a technology that other people have. I only downloaded Venmo in 2013 or 2014 when I was living in New York City because I remember going out to eat with a bunch of people and we had to split the check. And I didn't want to be the only one who couldn't, you know, add in for the meal. So I sat there and I downloaded Venmo and attached my debit card. It was that simple. There was a perceived kind of like, I don't want to be the only one not doing it, right? It's a FOMO thing, right? Like, imagine living today and not having. Uh, cell phone. How would that work? You would have to get one because of these three reasons. You would have to get one because of the need. You would feel that you would need it to be able to kind of survive. And I'm using air quotes. 
you would need it because of the perception of the opportunity cost or what you would miss out on. And then you would also need it because everyone else has it. And maybe you want to be on WhatsApp chatting with people. Oh man, you weren't in the group chat because you don't have a cell phone. Well, guess what? You're going to get a cell phone to be in the group chat. And much like the exchange of information has forced people to download WhatsApp or to hop on group chats, the exchange of value is quite similar in my opinion, as it's something that should be peer-to-peer and it should be rather lightning quick. That is kind of an allusion to the lightning Bitcoin network, but it's also to say that as we move into crypto mass adoption, all three of these are going to kind of have to play a role to get more and more people on board with crypto. Because much like these veterans, if these veterans never hear about any crypto donations, they're not going to think that crypto is a way that people are exchanging value now. But I guarantee you, if people went in every day into the supermarket and said, hey, I'd give you $10 in Bitcoin, and they did that for a month, I'd come along and say, hey, I'd love to set up a way for you guys to receive Bitcoin. They may at least be more open to it, at least be more interested into it. Because when I asked to set up Venmo, the response was basically no. And it was no about 50 times, even though I said I would do everything. So anyway, I wanted to share these two stories with you, these two personal anecdotes, because I do think that they really lay out a lot of normal and natural human behavior. If something isn't a need or a perceived need, if there's no opportunity cost for me not doing something, and if no one else is doing it, why would I want to partake in it? And that's kind of where crypto is now. So I share all of this to say that crypto adoption is on the way, but it's going to take some time. Thanks for checking out this episode of More Than Blockchain. And if you'd like to leave your thoughts on the tweet that I have about the veterans, go ahead and check out this episode's show notes where I'll leave the link. As always, please follow us on social media at More Than Blockchain. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at More Than Blockchain. No matter where you're listening to the pod, go ahead and subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing the link with a friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks again for checking out More Than Blockchain. I'll see you next time.